Hi, I'm neither blonde nor ambitious. Condé Nasty. And I haven't been a virgin since the advent of the horseless carriage. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hi, Ursula. How are you feeling? I'm I'm good. Uh, my, my quarantine beard is coming in nicely. I, I hope to be able to braid it like a Tolkien dwarf before this is done. Good, good. I'm very relieved to hear you're feeling well. The news keeps telling us we need to keep an eye on people who are old and have compromised immune systems. So I'm relieved to hear you're feeling all right. <laughs> your, your concern is touching. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, girl, you're vulnerable. And for the first time ever, this isn't an act for your daddies. Or in your case, your great, great, great granddaddies. You've been saving that joke for some time and I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> it just came to me. Um, all right. Well, welcome everybody to Reading Drag Race. This week, we have a very special guest. She's one of Ursula's oldest friends, yet eternally youthful. Please welcome the only queen whose voice Ursula has tried to steal more often than my own, Cora Teen. Yay! Yay! Welcome. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're very excited to have you here and all of your contrarian opinions. I... I'm actually very excited. We've had a few friends who've been in rotation who tend to see a lot of things the way that Herschel and I do, and I'm very excited to have you here because I feel like you always, you are a very bright, independent thinker, and I'm excited to have a fresh perspective on podcasts. Oh, you. It's like you're trying to get in my pants. It's almost like that. Um, so <laughs> so uh, with all of our first-time guests, we have a couple questions we ask up top, which are, First, what is your history with watching the show? So, how long have you been watching it? Have you seen every season? What do you love about it? Um, no, actually, last time was my very first episode. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen every season, every episode. I started with season one. Um, I loved it from the very beginning. Uh, obviously, it's changed a lot through the years, but um, my affection for it has not. Though, I also think that various seasons have gone up and down in quality right um i generally don't watch day of i guess and i just like try to keep myself on like a one day sequestered schedule on the internet so that i don't get spoiled but i'm not the kind of girl to go to like bars and watch it in big groups and stuff my husband and i and a select curated group of friends usually watch it the evening after while getting it totally smashed (laughs) excellent I, my routine is to watch it the Saturday morning after it airs while my husband makes pancakes. So it's like I get it. It's like your Saturday morning cartoons. It, it, it truly is. Um, all so right. how do you avoid spoilers when you're so far behind? I don't, I'm only a half a day behind. I just don't go out on social media like around bedtime and before I wake up in the morning. Um, but this season, it's been particularly hard because I feel like last season wasn't particularly compelling but season 12 people post a lot so i just like have to hide instagram on my phone yeah people have been into this season that is for sure yeah um all right and then our second question is what is your coven what five queens really resonate with you and would make up your coven oh hmm interesting well i think that the first one would definitely be and you'll have to forgive me that some of these choices are like basic slash super highly placed people because that's just who's sticking in my mind right now. But I think number one would probably be Bianca. Um, she's fierce. She played the game amazingly. She's smart. She's funny. Um, she's beautiful. 
Um, she she's good looking and hot. Well, she's kind of hot out so, of drag. Like she she's always done it for me as a boy. <laughs> yeah, those big lips really call. Yeah, out to yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Number two would probably be Alaska. I think she is shady, smart, uh, plays the game well. Obviously, I just have like a few criteria by which I judge all of my queens. Apparently, <laughs> you're you're um, allowed to like whoever you like. Like we're not judging you. This is a judgment free zone. Lies, lies. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I want someone to roll in here and say their favorite queen is and always has been, always going to be Akasha, and I want them to defend it with vigor. <laughs> Dax exclamation point. <laughs> there you go. I think that probably um, Katya would be up there. Oh, Monet. I like Monet Exchange. I think that she's funny and has a good fashion sense. Uh, I don't love her execution. Um, so maybe I should have actually... Well, and probably the fifth one is going to be Bob the Drag Queen, um, who I think is very similar to Monet, but um, kind of does all of Monet's stuff one level higher. So yeah, I guess um, that was a bunch of comedy queens. I don't know if I love any of the fashion. Que- oh, Aquaria. Um, I guess I would, if if there was a fashion queen that I really stand, it would be Aquaria. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, I I assumed your coven would constitute cerebral comedy queens, and your coven solidly constitutes cerebral comedy queens. Oh, I forgot Sasha Valore. She has to be number one. Okay. Well. Yes, cerebral comedy queens. Just think of all those people, and I'm there. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Speaking of Sasha Velour, uh, she does have a new show on Quibi that is based on her show Nightgowns. Um, I Quibi launched last week, and I just want to stand for any of the Drag Race alum when they seem to have done something well. I watched the first episode; it was very compelling. Um, I think like eight are out already from launch. So, sorry, wow. Ursula, what were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just gonna say it's. It, the show has gone to the point where after, you know, 12 U.S. seasons, four All-Star seasons, and a U.K. season, actually trying to remember all the queens is hard. Like, I think if I sat down and tried to name all of them, like, going se- in season order, I don't think I could. Uh, so, yeah, every so often they'll be like, oh, right, that queen fucking killed on season three. I love her, but there are too many names to yeah, remember and I. Now. I- I definitely skipped a lot of queens that I really like. I mean, I really like Kimchi. I think that her uh, makeup is really amazing. Um, I really like the later queens who come out as trans because I think that that was both really brave of them and shows how Drag Race has kind of like evolved in terms of gender and sexuality politics. And by Drag Race, I specifically mean RuPaul. Cora, what do you think of this season thus far? I must say I had high expectations because I actually didn't watch it before last week. Uh, so I texted you, Conde Nasty, asking you what you thought of the season. And uh, you were like, oh my god, it's the best season I've seen in years. So I had high expectations coming into it. And I have to say I've been a little... I You let me down, Conde. You really kind of did. There, I said it. I let you down by telling you that I it's my favorite season outside of All-Stars 2? Yes. Okay. I mean, I definitely told you how I actually feel about it, which is setting the bar extremely high, but it was also my truth that I was sharing. Um, Hmm. Your truth is false, I guess. I I don't know what to... (laughs) 
Wow. I agree. I, I mean, I agree the season is very good. I might slot it more in my top five. I think there's a little blue sky between All-Stars 2 and the season, at least so far. And the sherry pie of it all has kind of just... The editing is weird because a frontrunner queen is just not in the show. And I applaud them for making the effort. And, like, it was one thing to say she won't be in the premiere, in the finale whenever that happens. Uh, but I thought they would just let the series roll as is. So I, pr- I applaud them for going back. But it has made it a little weak. Like, they're clearly pulling in stuff they would have left on the cutting room floor had Sherry still been a viable talking head. Uh, but still, I think this is a really strong... I think it's a very strong season. Uh, no one's really sucked. Which, like, no one's been a failure the way... Well... Like, Aiden... Aiden had issues. I appreciate what Aiden was trying Brita, to do. Can we talk about Britta? I mean, she's been... We're, she go- was... we're, gonna, well, we're gonna talk about Britta. <laughs> did you hear she's from New York? Um, oh my god, is she from New York? I did not hear that. But... I'm, I am actually pleased that the internet is as annoyed as I am, because <laughs> I hear that from really provincial people in my professional life, with like the stink of middle America who've lived in Manhattan a year, who are visiting Chicago on a business trip. And sound so basic, like Britta, that it irritated the fuck out of me, that I assumed it was just me, uh, and I was relieved to see that the rest of the internet was also like, shut the fuck up, Britta, no one cares. I just don't understand how, it's like people who mentioned that they went to Harvard, like, how can you slot it into every sentence? And somehow she does, like, it blows my mind. Yeah, I, d- I didn't go to school in Boston, I went to school just outside of Boston. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little college, you might have heard of it, because with an H, who knows? Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, Dahlia wasn't bad, she just, could, like, like we said this about Dahlia when she left, she's not a bad queen. Like, she went home first, but that's because she was, in in a number of other seasons, she would have lasted at least until middle of the pack on the strength of her looks. She's just surrounded by other great look queens, some of whom are also excellent comedians. Like, that's a, it's a a tough card, I I think. Okay. It is. I I do think that she was done dirty a little bit, and Rock and Sakura, too. Mm. Um, I I quite like both of their looks. I thought that they were both personally very uh, charismatic and talented. Um, and I think that, like, I did not like Aiden's referee look that was super basic. Um, I never liked Britta's looks. I mean, I don't want to be too negative about either of them, obviously. I think they're competitors, blah, blah, blah. But I think that that number one and number two should have been in there somewhere. I agree. Um, okay, so let's get into this episode. We are recapping and reviewing RuPaul's Drag Race, Season 12, Episode 7, Madonna, The Unauthorized Rusical. And before we get into the episode, I just want to read a few of my favorite Madonna quotes to just sort of remind <laughs> us why she's an icon. Let me, let me start. Um, I'm tough, I'm ambitious, and I know exactly what I want. If that makes me a bitch, okay. I am my own experiment. I am my own work of art. Better to live one year as a tiger than a hundred as a sheep. And Catholicism is not a soothing religion. It's a painful religion. We're all gluttons for punishment. And lastly, I wouldn't have turned out the way I was if I didn't have all those old-fashioned values to rebel against. 
And, you know, I, I think that at least for me and my repressive Catholic upbringing, that really speaks to why Madonna is an icon for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So the top of the episode, uh, the girls head back into the workroom. Britta says nice things about Aiden and that she loves her. Widow is annoyed. <laughs> the most, among the most disingenuous moments of the episode. Yes. Uh, Widow is extremely annoyed because Britta is being fake. Truly same. There are a hundred billion nerves in the human body and Brita Filter somehow has the ability to irritate all of them. <laughs> and then uh, they sit down and chat a little. Heidi and Gigi still have some tension. Nothing too noteworthy otherwise. Did you guys have much thoughts on the re-entry into the workroom? Oh, have you guys watched The Untucks this season? I have not yes. because I find them somewhat tedious in their modern iteration. But apparently I need to go back and watch this one because words were exchanged. There was tension in the room and everyone was unhappy and it was was weird because it's been a pretty congenial group they've all been having like real support like except like ada and brit ada aiden and britta were like the exception in terms of the love fest that is otherwise the workroom this season so it's kind of weird to see heidi and Gigi still tense about things it's honestly kind of the end state of like the social mediafication of drag race i think like they're all hyper aware that everything they say is going to be broadcasted a million times in a million different ways. So they all have to, I mean, Britta was doing it in the workroom. You have to say the things that will broadcast nicely, Mm. which leads to this false facade while people are habitually backstabbing each other constantly. And, And thus you get these weird tense moments where they're all being quiet, wishing that they could say how much they hate each other and not daring to. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think they actually hate each other. I think the, I think there's actual rapport. And I I mean, obviously like the three of us stuck around a board game for a few hours will be, you know, at each other's throats a little bit. So I think there's some natural tension that happens just from any conglomeration of humans. But I don't get the sense that they actually dislike each other. It was just weird to see that, though I do agree with you, no one's popping off the way they would have in the era before social media. Like season one queens would have gone off because unless you were recording it on VHS while it was happening, you were never going to see that again. (laughs) I have to say that I, I, I mean, I agree with these sentiments, but I feel like we've been saying them for seasons. If anything, I feel like these girls seem a little more relaxed in their knowledge that social media is watching them. Except for Widow, who truly feels like season three levels of honesty and sharing her inner monologue and I'm not here to make friends, which frankly is such a refreshing blast from the past (laughs) in this context. But I'm also like, I understand why you think and feel that way. I'm deeply confused why you're choosing to make the choice to look into the camera and say it directly. Right? Um, Like, yeah. (laughs) What you're supposed to do is like be somewhat. like jan plays the game really well like you're supposed to be like kind of sarcastic and confused like that's how you play it not yeah i i have a question speaking of jan what is jan's full drag name that everyone is constantly jan sport yeah it's it's britta filter and jan sport and they won't let them say their full names because of the brand issue and it's it's dumb because parody is fair use. I don't think they would actually have... I, like, I understand a company wanting to take the position of let's just not even put ourselves in the position to have to respond to a letter. But if that's a pun, it's a pun and you can do it. And no one no one will actually think Jansport is being endorsed by the Jansport Corporation backpack people. Like, it's just... I find it, like, there's... It's just torturous. And it actually makes her harder like part of her brand problem is that 
her brand is actually does actually correspond to her name. She's Jan Sport, and she has kind of like this. She has a sporty aesthetic, and without the name, it's actually aggravating the kind of identity crisis she's been having this season. I agree. Yeah, totally fair. Ugh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get a job as the uh, in-house counsel for World of Wonder, so I can respond to all the testy cease and desist letters and be like, no, she she will use the name of your corporation as her trashy drag pun, and you will like it, and uh, that that'll be my best life. <laughs> so Rue comes in and announces that the main challenge will be Madonna, the unauthorized musical, and. They are not assigning parts this time. I actually love it when they assign parts because I feel like it mitigates the drama and they tend to know who to give what part to. Um, So the girls go over to break out and decide who gets what role. Um, And I have to say about Jan, I feel like... How do I say this? This is why Jan is not a star. She is absolutely the person who could do Young Madonna best. She can sing, and it's starting the show, therefore making a choice to stand out. Something that, a risk that Madonna would take, and is why she is an iconic star whose career has spanned many decades despite her inability to both sing and act. And Jan did not make a choice. Have you seen Evita? Evita was amazing. We'll, we'll, We'll get back to that. So she... Jan did not choose to take the role she should have absolutely been vying for. She, like, this is this is the thing. They had to twist her arm to take the part she should have wanted and absolutely had the chops to do. She tries too much to stay under the radar while still wanting to win. And I feel like this moment was so emblematic of, like, this is your problem, Jan. That's me. Uh, I actually think they did assign the roles because, or either that, or they gave them. Well, it's just to Jackie wear. Cox is such a like top bitch that I mean, she essentially just assigned all the roles. Oh no, no, I think her. the producers did because they all had to bring looks that like you didn't. Br- they wouldn't have brought several Madonna looks, right? They would have brought one that they knew they or two based on who was dropped, who like who would not be there. But it's kind of like. Like, everyone just happened to have period-appropriate costumes for either... And maybe they just gave them costumes, and that's fine. But part of me thinks they had at least a narrow list of who they would likely get so they knew what to pack. Um, I think it's more likely that they just gave... I mean, all the costumes were pretty basic. Mm. I, I can't imagine that they came from... Like, if if you were going to go on RuPaul's Drag Race and you were told that you had to bring a Madonna costume, would you have brought Gigi Good's, like, black... Um, top thing i mean it looked amazing on her but i think you probably would have gone the extra mile no i, I think we'll, we'll critique the looks in a minute we're, we're 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 very eager to critique them um i don't know like it felt it it felt like they were going for they wanted to milk some drama out of people not getting what they wanted but it still felt too smooth to be organic like eight like six out of the nine people got their first choice that that's pretty shocking. Uh, for mm. have you ever had to have four people try to order a goddamn pizza? That kind of spontaneous order just doesn't happen in the real world. I th- I detect the hand of the producer is all I'm saying. It's not a it's not a problem. I'm not mad at it, but I felt like it wasn't a groupthink decision the way it was portrayed on the screen. Is is my feeling? Okay. I I kind of felt like it was honestly, just because like it seemed like all the Koreans were pressuring each other and in a group pressure situation. It's tough to stand up to that. Mm. Okay, so what what do you think? 
are you excited about the Rusicals? Because I, by and large, am always left a little cold by them. Fair. Um, I think that generally uh, the quality is pretty low in terms of musical qua musical, but they're fun. The I think that singing and dancing is an important metric by which generations must measure each individual drag <laughs> winner. Mm. But I don't know. Like I like the one I like the I like the Rusical about Rue. I thought that was great and I thought they crushed it. Um the share oh, one the drug was, one is awful. Yeah, oh god. The share one was solid. Um I don't know, maybe it's the writing. They just never like yeah, I was gonna say the lyrics are just never as good as the original songs and like mm-hmm. just get the rights to the damn songs and have them sing those. You you got the money now, Rue. You can pay for that music. Um I don't know if they have Madonna money. That <laughs> But in terms of music, this was one of the better music Agreed. ones. But in terms of like through line and plot, it was definitely among the bottom. Like yeah, they're just, they're bad. Was... They're bad. It's it's they're not good. This isn't like a Broadway level production. We're all acutely aware of that. It's about like I wish RuPaul put money on AJ and the Queen and in this show into pay- paying people who are actually professionals beyond like one individual carrying a ship, but he doesn't. But, I mean, this is like seeing a high school play or something. It's not great. that We're not going to see a Tony Award-winning musical. They're bad. But it is fun to watch <laughs> them and to watch these queens attempt to make the best out of what is not... We all know Ursula. We've discussed this a thousand times at this point in our lives. They're not good. They are not good. We know they're not good. Okay. They're not good. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, but I, I always enjoy watching them. I think I always have a realistic expectation of what they are. I don't think you do, so they're not fun for you. But, like, they're never good. Really? I can't think of one that was actually good, except maybe the Kardashian one. I like the, oh, that wasn't good. I like the Rue. I like the one about Rue. Uh, like, uh, who is it? Was it Alyssa doing Dark Rue? I don't know that one. Oh, the the Black Swan one. Yeah, that one I thought. Why it got to be black? Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, moving on to the rehearsal, Jamal Sims is our choreographer again, and uh, I about flood my basement. It, you do. I, he's a ha- he's a handsome man telling you what to do, of course. <laughs> and he knows how to move his hips. Yeah. These are like my three criteria. <laughs> uh this is pretty standard rehearsal drama here's i cl- i clocked gg good from a mile away that like i can't do this knee movement shut up shut up that wasn't gg that was the widow von du no 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 no, no, no. gg was having the meltdown about being able to do that little like uh uh, like half moon. They both had moments, moments where they were really struggling with the choreography. Yeah, and and then like she busts out what she busts out. I'm like, ha, ha. She did do a standing handspring, um, and obviously all of us can do that. But it was still impressive to watch her do it. Yeah, I've been spending the entire podcast in that position. Obviously. Oh, I was spending it in the missionary position. Was that not the right? <laughs> no, that's absolutely the right instruct directive. Um, <laughs> so, so, all right. Um, I, it is funny during this period where they were... So during the recording, I thought it was very fun when uh, Michelle Visage got 
Jada into the right spirit. Like, she came in in a totally different place. And then Michelle's like, here's how we're sensual. And then Jada just, like, killed the recording. And I love that. I still think it didn't work. I, oh, I, it, it worked. It, it, it worked, worked better. It worked better than what Jada was walking in with on her own. What surprised? That is true. She calls herself the trade, but honestly, I think that she's. I mean, she's beautiful, but she's not sexual. I, yeah, I expected Jackie to have trouble engaging a sexy side, just because that appears to not be Jackie's like natural personality or her drag personality. I was shocked by how difficult Jada apparently found it to engage. Like her look was pretty close to what Jada might look like just dressing herself. So it was kind of weird that for someone who's so beautiful and so body conscious and moves really well, that when it came to like directly engaging her sexuality, it was kind of like a hit with a thud just a little. And I I was surprised by that. I would not have clocked Jada as the queen who couldn't get in touch with her sex drive on a stage. Yep. And I think that um, the Heidi's confessional where she was like, Oh, is she not the trade? Maybe I'm the trade. She's kind of right. I think that Heidi is both charismatic and cute and friendly and like i cracked up when she said that that was she, she's been giving, <laughs> i think she is the trade no now. she's been giving some amazing talking head um among i don't use the word trade for just an attractive man and i truly am like there are plenty of queens on this season that are super fuckable i don't think i would call any of them trade i get sure. that but what I, just when 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 she whispers to herself am i the trade i <laughs> that was perfect. Oh no, that was pre- that was honestly the highlight of the episode. And I liked mm. this episode. Yeah. So, I thought it was fun during the recording when Michelle managed to get Jada in that place, and I also found it highly amusing that between both the recording and the dance rehearsal, they kept cutting to moments of Britta and Widow grinning like sharks showing their teeth to their prey or something. Like it was so it was so hilarious that they're just like we're giving both of these were bitches edits. Both of these girls were bitches edits. And they were bitches because when it came time for their work, not the best. Not, no, not the best. That doesn't mean they don't like seeing other people struggle and fail. It, and that also doesn't mean that they're like going to be great. I think if they were great and they enjoyed other people's failure, that would make them even bigger bitches. <laughs> Am I wrong? When you're right, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Let's pause to hear a word from our sponsors. Have you tried not? For those times when you feel like offering an opinion on the internet on a subject you only just learned about on Wikipedia, always remember, you could not. For those times when you feel like bombarding the mentions of an actor just trying to make a living because you're mad about something a writer, a totally different human being did, you could not. When you find yourself about to lecture a member of an historically oppressed minority about their life experience, all you have to do is just not. It's not, and it's available anytime, anywhere, and it's the perfect way not to show your entire ass to the entire internet all at once. Just remember that not every thought, opinion, or feeling you have needs to be fucking expressed the minute your fucking brain creates it, and you too can just not. Not. Because you shouldn't. And now back to the show. So, Madonna as a gay icon. Ursula, you and I both grew up in the 80s and 90s, the height of Madonna's career. What is your history with Madonna as a pop icon and as a cultural figure? And what do you think of her as a gay icon? Let's see. Uh, She was always around. Like, I don't remember a time before Madonna, because I think, what was like a virgin, 87? Um, Yeah. So I would have been four, 
turning five. So, you know, it was just like she predates my awareness of the world. So I always liked Madonna. Like she's had some real, you know, bops, as the kids would say these days. Um, I loved it. I loved Express Yourself and I love the video for Vogue. Uh, you know, those early moments in your gay life, where you're like, oh, I'm gay. And like, even if you don't know it at the time, you look back like, oh, very gay. Yeah, like underwear packaging and Madonna. Yeah, like the the three male dancers wearing the suspenders, but the open button up shirts yeah. and their very flat stomachs. That was like, huh, fascinating. Yes. Tell me more. I always liked her. I always, And I always thought like people were a little hard on her. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, like, they, they blamed her for, like, single-handedly upending society's sexual mores. And just come on. Like, like whatever. Yeah. Uh, like, even at the time, like, yes, was the Like a Virgin performance at the MTV, movie, uh, MTV Music Awards a little uh, risque by the standards of the time? Sure. Is it is it about what Cardi B would produce in her sleep these days? Also, yes. But it, it, I don't know. Even at the time, it felt like... Y'all getting your knickers in a twist. And I think the, especially looking back, the irony for me is that the parents who got upset at Madonna were the ones who liked rock and roll in the 50s. Like, it, it, it just, it drove home, like, even as a kid, it's like, this is just a cycle. You think the things your kids like are new and scary, and then they become comforting and familiar, and then they're not. And that's it. So Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Obviously, both of us are not old enough to remember a time before Madonna. My mother played, loved Madonna and played all of her albums in our house. It was pretty much those albums and any Motown girl group is like, and like the soundtrack to Beaches are like the CDs my mother had and Mm -hmm. played all the time. So like, like a virgin or just like a prayer were playing in my house like when we would clean it on a Saturday afternoon my entire childhood um so I feel like I was sort of indoctrinated into the house of Madonna before I had any sort of choice in my own musical taste though I was a very gay kid who would run around the house while like folding laundry singing just like a prayer like I loved that music video and oh, yeah. the Catholic iconography along with tall, handsome black men. I mean, you know who I grew up to be. So really <laughs> resonated with me. Made, made a lasting impression. <laughs> yeah, I love her as a brunette. I prefer her as a brunette, actually. Same. same. Um, I do feel like she is a she is a capable singer, but not an exceptional singer. She is a capable actress, not an exceptional actress. I feel like if you look at the the length and breadth of her careers her career and the way in which she has constantly reinvented herself to stay relevant most of all i'm impressed with madonna as a savvy businesswoman that said i feel like i really wish in this era she did not have social media and i feel like at a certain point doing things like gangnam style felt like come on like this is this is like a youtube sensation passing fad video and i understand that you've always like innovated and changed with the times but uh it, it she's the only icon that i can think of where it's like she is absolutely an icon a living legend but what she has done over the past decade is like oh uh, you're taken away from that a little bit for me and well, i didn't I, think I was... you could but she has yeah i i was thinking about that um with the Madonna challenge, 
you know, there were there were, there were like nine queens who did legit have nine not just Madonna looks but Madonna eras. And I was going back to some of the other Rusicals, and the you know for the share one they were down to a smaller batch, but it was you know there was uh, Cameron Michaels as as sixty share. There were a couple of disco shares. There was eighties rock share, movie share, and believe share. And that's because Sunny rock movie believe are like the four eras of share and it's kind of, it was just interesting to think about you know shares you know 20 been at this 20 years longer but still only has like four major categories of identity there's only been a, yeah. that number of times and it was something i was thinking about after about like the ninth or tenth iteration i think after ray of light i think was the last image makeover that really landed with any interior life for me same and I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those, you got so good at, you know, changing your colors that it started to drift in the direction of there was, it, it became increasingly clear there was nothing underneath it. Okay. And I think, I think that's what makes the later ones, because it just feels, it feels like it was just Madonna responding to aging as opposed to having something more interesting to say. Yes, I agree with that. That is, that is absolutely true. And I feel like in the 80s and 90s, she was making big, bold cultural statements. Yeah. And I feel like eventually it felt like you'll just become whatever is trendy. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. I do think it was about the execution and the messaging more than the you can only change your stripes so many times, at least for me. But also, if the rest of the world... I mean, that that's how I think of myself in a silo and I do not exist in a silo in the gatekeepers of pop culture access do not exist in that silo so um but that's that's how i took it let's i'm just gonna read through the eras real quick that they did and then i want to ask you which of these would you have chosen to do in this if you were in this so jan is early madonna jackie as boy toy madonna Gigi as unapologetic madonna britta as cone brown madonna jada as sex madonna that was called something else what was that album just justify my love. justify my love there we go sherry is movie star madonna or er, er, erotic it was erotic there we go yes crystal as enlightened madonna widow as vampire madonna and heidi as forever madonna which of these would you have chosen before and after knowing the lyrics <laughs> um i hate to say it but i might have actually like i might have if i were in the room and i had to pick one I might have just gone for the Avita Madonna because it would have played to my natural strengths as the performer. I feel that's absolutely um, true. I can I can attest to that. Yeah, I think I could give you like I might be giving you Patty Lapone's Avita just because I could, but you know, it's my it's my show. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll stick with that. I think uh, I th- I think that's the one I would respond to the most. Even though I, I'm not a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber fan, but Avita's Avita's his best show. Yeah, what, what, which one would you pick? I think before the lyrics, I would want to choose Jackie's Boy Toy Madonna. But those lyrics were terrible. I do think that I am able to do a let me be sexy and cat-like rolling around on the gri- ground and making eyes at the camera. Like, I'm deeply uncoordinated as fuck, but thinks I think I'm much sexier than I am. That I feel like, in my mind, those would play to my strengths. The lyrics were terrible. And given that the lyrics were terrible, I think I'd try my hand at Jada's uh, erotic Madonna. And I'm not saying I would necessarily succeed, but 
but there's a minimalist control there and the lyrics were fun that I feel like I would have more fun with it. I know that's ambitious and a lot to bite off, but I, I think, think you I would just have wanna... the most fun with it. Yeah, I think you just want to get to know the dancers. <laughs> no, I, I I mean, I do, but that's not why I made that choice. Okay. Again, okay. I just think I think I'm much sexier than I am. And I think <laughs> I would enjoy making seductive eyes at the camera. Because it's really about like a still silent control and like a erotic whisper singing. And I think I could do that effectively and I'd have fun doing it. When you have a thought that isn't worth tweeting, but feel like sharing it on Instagram Live, stop. When you cry spoilers at someone for referencing an iconic movie moment from over a decade ago, please, stop. When you're about to lecture someone with authority on a subject you've read exactly one Medium article about, please, just stop. It's Stop, from the makers of Not. And just like Not, Stop is available anytime, anywhere, and it's clinically proven to stop you from being a complete fucking tool. When you feel like aggregating in public spaces and ignoring the catastrophic consequences in the midst of a rare global pandemic, please, just stop. All right, and we're back for Madonna, the unauthorized musical. Uh, Rue walks down the runway with a giant bleach blonde lion maid and a red and black patent leather dominatrix look. I fucking loved this look. I thought she looked chic as fuck and it was the right way to do madonna but bigger at the rupaul level for the show as all these other as all these other girls will be dressing up like madonna rue was set on looking like the queen and boy did she um and then the guest judge this week was who again i forget them uh uh, she's a model her name is uh, Winnie Harlow. There we go. Can't think today. Yeah, oh my god, I cannot believe it. Winnie Harlow and AOC. And AOC. I'm the guest judges this week. I loved AOC's outfit. That was like the perfect, I'm a sitting congressperson, but it's a drag race show. And she like planted it deep with that sparkly little shoulder patty number. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it, great. it did. She's very, like, she's been a very vocal fan forever. And I love that she's our first, like, no sitting politician to be a judge correct right because nancy pelosi just did a little like psa moment yeah. a walkthrough yeah, yeah. rue come down comes down the runway in that look and then the girls start with the performances i have my thoughts but hersla you could not wait to get to yours before so i'm gonna i'm gonna turn that over to you jan's performance was fine it was aggressively fine it was perfect in its fineness it's just it's kind of every problem i have with jan at this point where it's like she was she was a great singer great dancer technically great performer but the connection was just missing and i don't think she was really giving like that american bandstand madonna which is the look she was referencing had such a like a knowing sneer about everything like Part of her appeal was that she th- she treated herself like she had made it and she knew more than everyone from day from day zero. Yep. And that attitude was missing. And I don't know if it's because Jan can't pull herself out of herself enough to give a performance as a different person, or it it's just it's everything's perfect, but it's still not effective. 
And I get why that's a frustrating critique because it's not like I can say, do this one thing differently to make this work because it's not a technical problem. There's just no, like I have, I have bonded much more forcefully to much less skilled performances because of the charisma of the performer. Yeah. You're talking about it, like the factor, like whatever it is, she, she in this performance did not have. Yeah, she, I, I agree. I feel like everything was right, except she has too boyish of arms to have not worn hip padding and a breastplate because she was clockably a man, but everything else was great. She does not have grit and she does not have star power and she doesn't change and emote and connect with the audience with her face, even though she is a better singer than Madonna and that was clear in her singing and she was very proficient in everything she did. She does not have I'm compelling sorry, star what power. Did you fucking say? She's a better singer than Madonna. Well, it's a, I have to leave. This is... Madonna is an amazing business woman icon with who is very daring. And that quote about I'd rather live a year as a tiger than 20 as a sheep is absolutely true. It is what makes her who she is. She can sing in a narrow range when she puts a whole lot of time and effort into it. But Jan is, at this point, just a better singer than Madonna, which was clear in that recording. But and that that and the lack of hip padding is what made her stand out from Madonna. But also she doesn't have star power. Right. Like Madonna, Madonna's not a bad singer by any means. She can sing, but she's not like you don't you don't watch Madonna to witness a stunning feat of human vocal technique. You watch Madonna to watch Madonna. And actually, that's kind of like a perfect like Jan has all of the technical skill that you would accuse especially early Madonna of not having, but it didn't matter because Madonna was fucking Madonna and like the, the, the difference could not be more stark. That's a good way to yeah. put it. Um, so Gigi's performance. Was, no, ja- oh Jackie, Jackie was next. Oh, I'm only who? talking about who's worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll take that Jackie. You're not wrong. She was stiff and passable, but that was at best. See, like, we've covered her. Yeah. <laughs> so, also talking about social media stuff just to bring it back to jackie for one second like i feel like she's decided that her brand has to be the iranian or persian queen and i feel like the storyline from her is a little forced from that regard i feel her producing herself a lot i thought she was going to be the lovable cerebral like kati or alaska of this season up top and i feel like i see her producing herself so much that she has lost that luster for me um and she interjects herself in untucked conversations that are she is not central to with diplomatic intentions, but also way too much. And she she's uh, truly she's working against herself. So, Gigi, what did you think of that performance, Ursula? Oh, my God. Actually, Cora, we're going to start with you. What did you think? Y- yeah, of it? no, no. <laughs> you, you have something you have something on your spear. Let's 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 get it out. She's amazing. She's um, androgynous, beautiful. She has it. She was wearing practically no clothes, both in the challenge and like in the challenge and in the runway. She looked like a supermodel both times. She had Madonna's spirit. She was athletic. I think she's close to perfection. I agree. She she has it. Like she can do a backflip. She's cognizant of her instrument in a way that almost no 21-year-old is. And she, I think, 
a lot of these girls have a lot more experience with choreography and I think in a very very limited with a very limited bag of tricks in terms of dancing she managed to do and that was a simple imitation she had to do but she added flips and things to it like I'm giving her credit but I just think that a lot of these girls have formal dance training she doesn't and she absolutely knocked it out of the park she was able to emote and be Madonna in every way during that but like a superhero version of Madonna that like has bigger hair, is stretched longer like a supermodel, is actually doing flips, and she made eye contact to, to perform it the whole time. Jan has the formal education, but, like, Gigi has the star power, and it was just so undeniable in that performance. It's, I mean, I feel the same way about the premiere episode, where she did very little, but she was one of the most compelling people in front of Nicki Minaj in that rap line, and that sh- it's not it's not just because she looks like a model she really has star power like no i i agree i think i like i said i think she was underselling her dance ability purposely which is exactly what you're supposed to do i'm not saying it's bad but i think she did it um but no she was she gave the most uh spiritually consistent madonna performance like that felt like you were performing madonna rather than just dressing as madonna while doing a poorly written musical number uh no she was great like there the way she carries herself was perfect like all those lifts and things only work if you can carry yourself as still the center of attention even when you're like being lifted off the ground like she was there's really nothing you can critique about that performance um i can't believe she's also 21 same as me that's really crazy. it is it is <laughs> so i thought jada did an amazing job personally i thought the lip syncing the tone was correct and i thought she was like sex and a stick on that stage um the latino backup dancer reminds me very much of a very sensual dominican yoga instructor i know where everything he says feels like a flirtation and i could not take my eyes off of him but nonetheless um Jada, I think, was, like, walking sex and sold it so well. And there were moments where it almost felt like the edit was trying to obfuscate some of the scenes. Almost like, oh, is this moment, is this unauthorized rusical moment a little too scandalous for VH1 in 2020, even? Um, Which I loved. Uh, Really fit the spirit of the thing. I thought Jada did a good job. I don't know what you guys thought. I thought she did a really good job, too. I thought she didn't quite connect with the dancers personally on the stage. Like, she performed the piece great, but the connection on stage was a little lacking. But it's a comparatively small critique. She she certainly found what she needed to do to do not just okay, but well at it. Yeah. Yeah. Cora, what did you think? And did anybody else's performance stand out to you? I thought she was fine. Um... I thought that, um, yeah, I thought it was fine. I don't know if her performance or her herself are top four material, honestly, but she was not among the worst. She was solidly mid-pack for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like they, the the musical itself is bad. Again, they're always bad. But um, I think that overall, I think the girls did well with what they were given. There were people who did bad, but... My feeling is, like, on the whole, they did well with what they were given. But that's me. 
Yeah, I do agree with that. And if we're to return to the earlier trade of the season, I think those backup dancers were definitely the trade of the season. They were that one was my trade of the season. I'm gonna find him on Instagram. <laughs> um, so, so please, pl- please, please, dear, the steam room. <laughs> um, so, so um, and then only fans. I thought Crystal did a. I think she can't sing, and this is a weird Madonna to get, and I think she knew exactly how to mine the humor out of it, and I I love Crystal Method. I know I cannot be objective about her, much like RuPaul, um, but I thought she really did a great job with this type of Madonna and making fun of it and adding that echo effect to make it funnier. No, the, the, her comedic instincts were perfect. I loved it. She made me smile the minute she popped up in front of the stage. Oh, yeah. And s- singing the echo. Oh, it was great. Also, I hate those ice blue contacts for so many reasons because I think they look terrible on every skin tone. But they were the. this was like the one time that wearing them made perfect sense for the version of Madonna you were portraying. Every detail was great. The comedic timing was there. It, it's one of those... You don't have to be great at every single area of performance to be a great drag queen or a winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. You do need to know how to translate what you do to work in the areas you don't. And Crystal absolutely did that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Why did you say you can't be objective about her? I just, I think I like her so much that I don't think I can be super objective when judging what she does. I think I find her... Like, she obviously does a weird clown drag that, like, it doesn't just, like, verge on clown. It absolutely, like, goes to clown and, like, you know, pretending to be different, like, beautiful beasts and things. Um, And I feel like on this show, they're usually pretty restrictive about what constitutes drag and she's trying to pull it back. And I feel like they're not, she hasn't been given the best parts, the best whatever. She's not a singer or a dancer but I feel like she does very well with everything she's given to the point that I like her so much now that I like, I just know that I'm, I'm looking at her through rose colored glasses. Like I'm aware that, that that is happening, but I mean, she is talented. Sure. But no, I think she did a great job. Uh, And going from the best to the worst, Britta's was straight up terrible. Like I was shocked by how bad it was. First of all, it's the first time in this competition in which her proportions were wrong. Like, oh my god, she's, why was she like as thick as she was tall? It was crazy. Right. Normally, she's she's like the one thing we've been able to say nice about her every single week is that she knows exactly how to cinch herself so that she has like a beautiful hourglass figure. And I'm like, this is the time to have that, dear. Also, why were the cone bra? So why was the bra so small? Like, it's a drag interpretation of this look. Shouldn't the cones be enormous? Can I just... can I pause you right there to tell you what is obvious to both Cora and I? They they give them costumes for these looks. These are really basic costumes. This is just like the Baga's dress didn't fit her in the finale number in the UK version. They obviously had that stretchy, exactly what Madonna wore on that tour outfit that would have fit like a any of these other girls except for Jada fine or widow fine. And Britta had to shove herself in it because she had no other options, which is very transparent to me, which is the one thing that made it very clear to me that obviously they gave them clothes for this 
But on the one hand, you have that. And on the other, you have Gigi Good, who was clearly also given her costume and made it look like she had walked off a page. It's a lot easier to tailor something to be thinner than it is to take something out without the fabric. Yeah, true. It's a very different task. There's also the skill and artistry of wearing it yourself. And I think that judged on that merit, Britta's padding was wrong. I don't think she even had padding. I don't think that she could have put that on with pad. She had padding on her hips, but not up top, which made the breast collapse. But given the way that it was stretched over her, it obviously did not fit her at all. I almost It almost would have made more sense to go find your own corset and put something else on it to make... I would have. Honestly, that was my immediate thought, because while that is... The exactly lingerie that Madonna wore that the most photo item and then she had different versions and different fabrics of essentially the same thing. She also showed up places where it was just a corset and like cones and if I was Britta, that's what was my first thought. I would have been like, I'm not wearing this. It does not fit me. I'm going to fashion. I'm going to wear a corset and fashion some cones right now because it will work better than this. I will go home based on how much this does not fit me. But yeah, yeah. You're brave. You're braver than Britta. I, I guess so. Um, so, any other thoughts on how this performance went? I thought it went on too long. That was my only like. As a quality issues aside, about fifteen minutes in, I'm like, I've aged a year. Uh, I don't know why. It just felt like like everyone had one extra full verse than they needed to make the point. And here's and not to rag on the writing too often, though I think I sh- it's merit that bears that scrutiny. There, the joke didn't go anywhere. Every single lyric was basically, I'm a star and I'm still here, or you underestimated me and I'm still here. So there was no build at all. And again, I'm not asking for like Shakespeare, but there was no tonal shift in any of the joke at all. So having like one verse too many and then nine performances of it just went on for a very long time. It just felt like forever and just tighten that up a little and it would have made it a lot i think a lot better for everyone but i think that's... you should call them and send a letter and tell them that you want to work on the unauthorized musicals because i don't i think that you don't take them for what they are and i don't think you will take them for what they are so i think you should go and contact them and be like i will help you tighten this up i actually agree though i thought that like they were all adverse too long roughly um, they simply weren't good enough to last as long as they did. Oh, no, it's it's not good. I did not... Everyone was falling out over Sherry's Evita. I didn't like it. Who was falling out over Sherry's, Sherry's Evita? The, the, the judges and some people on Instagram. Like, I don't know. I just didn't think it looked that good. I thought her... The weird, like, extra-thick headband of brown makeup into the wig was very strange. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I was left pretty cold by that, actually. I hate her makeup. Yeah. Overall. Um, like, she always, like, puts on such a thick smear of it that it looks like she has no facial features at all. It is, it is, it feels like, like, 1960s drag makeup almost, like, where it's, like, this clowny theater makeup. Like, I'm using, like, brown to draw a cheekbone, not, like, beige, like, an absolute line. Um, and not just when she does Catherine Hepburn. I'm not crazy about her makeup, but also, as they've been put her putting her negligibly in the episodes, I've just sort of been avoiding talking about her. Yeah, it's been kind of hilarious, actually. Like, the pretzels they've contorted themselves into into to like remove her from every scene and every challenge. It's, it's impressive, honestly. Except for this week's runway. But we'll get to that later. All right. Actually, do mm. we want to just get into the runway now? Or are we done with the musical? 
Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the runway. I'm just, you know what? Ursula, what did you think of the looks this week? I enjoy. I gotta say, I enjoyed this runway far more than I thought I would when they announced the theme. Like, I don't know why this one didn't seem like it'd be like fertile ground for some. To clarify, the theme is Night of a Thousand Michelle Visages, so they are doing looks of Michelle Visage. And I gotta say, I love Jackie. I love Jada. Uh, they. I think Jackie in particular. Jackie saved herself from being bottom two yeah bot maybe not bot like she definitely put herself safely in the middle of the pack for me with a really pitch perfect impression of uh of uh, of a jersey girl like the hair was right the boobs were right the color the color the material everything about that look works as like a drag version of a woman who is in drag all the time anyway. A tri-state area look. Yeah. Yeah. Who was it? Was it Jada who had the um, chest tattoo? The yes, star? Yes, she did. Yeah. That was really good. I appreciated that. Me detail. too. Yeah. I thought I thought Jackie, Jada, and Jan all knocked it out of the park with, with their Michelle Visage look. Yeah. And obviously Gigi, who wore literally nothing and somehow looked... See, I... I... I think Gigi, and it was it was wise from a strategic standpoint, but she kind of picked the least Michelle Michelle has ever looked, so she could still look like herself. I was I was less impressed with this look only because it's close enough to Gigi's own style that it's like, well, we know Gigi can wear this. We've seen her wear it several times. I would have preferred more of a transformation for this. Uh, so, like, like. Blonde and a bikini is not something Michelle Visage wears very often. I think that was probably the one time she did. So she picked the least, she picked the look that required the smallest transformation for herself while still technically meeting the challenge. And that's less impressive to me. But that's why she won. I mean, yeah, it's also a deep cut. I I do think that like, it was a smart choice strategically in a lot of ways but i also feel like it's such a simple look that i probably would have been less generous than the judges about it but like yeah 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 that's yeah anyways uh yeah so and then what did you guys think of heidi's look i liked it and i didn't get why they were so hard on her about it i think this was or they wanted to put her in the bottom two and that's why because like like even their critiques of her madonna look i don't think were valid it's like you gave her end stage madonna who doesn't actually have a style or musical icon stat like you like there was nothing really like beyond merely continuing to show up places 2010s and later madonna doesn't really have the same kind of icon like one visible look you can think of to key it into like you know the express yourself yeah, or Vogue there's or not an iconic looks. look of that era at all right so you criticized her for just doing herself when that's actually the best and i think for the michelle thing too do i think heidi kind of interpreted michelle as done by heidi a little more than other queens did sure but i liked it i thought the hair i don't know why the hair globe just made me laugh yeah no i I thought it was a draggy version of of michelle's original look it was pretty close to the original look and i think by making it literally a globe of hair it made it like drag draggier and yeah and to me the i i honestly feel like the reason they knocked her is because everybody did really well like I feel like everybody did so well this week that 
Heidi came in at like a B and they were like bottom two. Brit is the only one who did a bad job. But I mean, what she said really saved her. Like how she was like, oh, it's filled with like hairspray and desperation. Yeah. No, she's charming <laughs> as fuck. She also has it. Like, yeah, she does. All right. I'm trying to think, I will say this. I'm trying to think of who else I would put in the bottom two. And the only real candidate would be Jackie, but she saved herself with her runway. I guess, I guess I'm kind of stuck with Heidi in the bottom two, but I feel like that's almost like because she got the worst Madonna to do. So to me, this is the right bottom two, but basically Heidi would have had to stand still and Britta would have had to lit the stage on fire metaphorically <laughs> in order for Britta to stay. Sometimes we reach a place where the bottom two is this person really fucked up, nobody else really fucked up, and this person is absolutely going home short of a really huge like difference in their lip sync performances. Um, I... I did laugh when they kept clocking Britta's earrings because it's the only thing about that look they could clock because it was, in fairness, a very well-executed look. And I really, like, if she had worn drop earrings, what would they have said? They, they were digging deep to find something to say about Britta, and they did it. It was just very funny to watch them try I mean, so hard. I, what I, I don't think that they were trying so hard. I truly think that... This season, to me, is playing out like an All-Stars season should play out, where the girls are so good that they really have to split hairs to make decisions. And I think the girls all came in real strong. Britta, on whole, I'd say, delivered at a C. Her greatest letdown was that she wore that outfit that didn't fit her. And between the lace applique that is nothing like her skin tone, as opposed, like, there should be no lace applique there. Because it really takes away from it. And I hate when people wear lace applique. That's nothing like their skin tone for a nude illusion. It never works. And Britta does that a lot. Um, They do make lace applique in her complexion. Her seamstress apparently does not know that. Um, And the earring, like that is the most generic. That's actually the base that you would like glue stuff to to make your own earring. I don't even think that's like a finished earring. That was like... That was like a piece of aluminum button yeah. earring. I would absolutely clock that. It's not like she oh. wore a different earring. It Like, they don't... Nobody sells earrings that look that plain. That's like what you glue rhinestones to to make your own jewelry. And I'm, I'm not saying the earrings were good. It was just interesting to be like, they kept zeroing in on this one thing because it was kind of the one thing they could zero in yeah, on. Yeah, because everybody brought it. I feel like Britta delivered at a C, Heidi delivered at a B, and everybody else was like in the nines and tens and like that's just where we are which frankly that's part of why i like this season so much because it actually is just a powerhouse and it's like and i think i think britta's really struggling because i think she knows many other seasons she could have come on and been at least in the top five and this is just a powerhouse season and it is not working out for her well, th- I'll say two things. One, I agree this was overall a very strong rusicle. Usually there's like one train wreck. And even Britta's wasn't a train wreck. She did the thing. It just wasn't that good. It was a but safe, it wasn't like not enough. Yeah, it wasn't certainly ab- certainly not a failure. And I'll say this about Britta, because we- we've talked about T-Rex uh, on the podcast a lot as the Chicago drag queen who has no need to go on Drag Race. Uh, that... Uh, what she's good at is not what they look test for in the show and it's not going to improve her career and i think the same might be true about britta where it's like she she even said it like she does a lot of hosting gigs in new york and i think it's one of those 
I bet in person, away from the stress and weird specifics of the competition, Britta is, pro and given the longevity of her career, probably very, very funny. So I think it was just one of those drag just drag race is not looking for the things you are naturally good at and i think that kind of screwed her over i and i think she i think she felt like she had a lot to live up to and got very in her head and walked into a season that was a powerhouse season so struggled like i just mm. think that's the truth of it um on t-rex I, what's interesting is, so she came up with Pearl, Trixie, and Kimchi. She pretty much, stylistically, she looks a lot like Pearl at her height if Pearl had, like, an older brother who was six foot four, so, like, RuPaul size in drag. She is the funniest and pithiest and the best at giving a backhanded compliment or shade that's, like, that's mean, but you did it in such a clever way that it's actually funny, and she, like, that's how she is with Kimchi or Trixie. Like, imagine... Kimchi and Trixie's funniest, shadiest friend, but she's RuPaul height and looks like Pearl at her most glamorous, and she's very funny and hosts like everything in Chicago. The only the only places where she's lacking is she knows how to sew, but she's not a seamstress. She like buys all of her looks and from designers in Chicago, and she is not really a dancer, but she has like a Bianca Del Rio level of like hosting charisma. That right. I don't think she would win. I think she would do well. Um, but I do think she's at a point in her career now where it's like, you have a very famous podcast. You're one of the most successful drag queens who's never been on this show. At this point, she doesn't even audition anymore. And I think the show should be trying to get her on. And I also think that it makes perfect sense that she no longer wants to be on. Yeah. I wonder, I don't think that it, uh, what would be gained from her going on? It's like the question of... Um, uh, who was the really big queen that everyone loved? Um, Latrice. Get those balls. Yes, Latrice. Like, what do you get from going back on again? Like, I think it only hurt her brand, and I think it would probably hurt T-Rex's brand at this point as well. Yeah, no. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think at this point, she doesn't really... She's now no longer incentivized. She already has the drag career she wants, so why bother? Also, I've met her several yeah, times in person, and she is always super nice and charming and funny um she's super warm i see her at drag shows at comedy shows at live podcasts i feel like she doesn't know my name but she recognizes me and my husband <laughs> loves her she is like very nice in person as much as she is like a funny cunt on stage <laughs> yeah and i think that there's like a drag race halo effect like rupaul like the the blimp of uh drag race rising has really lifted all ships to really really mix a metaphor yeah, wow. yeah you, <laughs> the sea you, of drag race you, you strangled that metaphor with your bare hands <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she doesn't need to go on and yet the fame of drag race is still buoying her up we discussed the bottoms do we want to talk about the tops now um the top three were gg good jan and crystal method cora what did you think of the top three well, this might surprise you to know, but I'm a tremendous Gigi fan, and I think that she essentially walks on water and is diaphanous and amazing and beautiful and talented and 100% deserved both this challenge, and I think they should just crown the bitch now. I think many people feel that way, and that does not surprise me at all. You are a very rational person. Aw, thanks. 
Yeah, I, I, I was not... This is, like, my least favorite GG win, if that makes sense. I'm not saying... I don't even really have a strong candidate for who else should have gotten the win, but this win felt the least satisfying to me. It, it Like I said, I was not as in love with her with her runway look. I agree she, she crushed the performance, and she looked amazing on the stage. I don't know, it just felt... This was the least urgent one. The other time she's won, I really felt, yeah, bitch fucking won. That's right, give her the, give her the tip. I will say, watching Jan be safe was fascinating and terrifying. I have never heard a louder silent scream in my life. Yes. So I would like to say that I think that this was the most, like, photo finish GG win. But ultimately, I do think that she won because she has star power. Jan had a better look. Jan and Gigi, I think, were, like, clearly the top two this week. Even though everybody else did great, Crystal absolutely deserved her top three position. But I feel like Gigi won. So I'm going to get real dark here for a minute when it comes to Jan. From the top of the episode, I was watching with that girl. And normally she's like a psychic and calls who's going to win within five seconds of the episode, you know, because she's like a terrifying witch. Um, And we were watching this episode and a couple of minutes in, that girl said, Oh, I think this is going to be the week Jan wins. And I pretty much immediately said, oh, no, Jan has hope and optimism and idealism and almost none of the strain of the trauma of growing up gay, which means gay men would hate nothing more than to see her succeed. There's no way Jan wins this episode. They're going to build up the entire thing to pull her up as far as they can so they can drop her so that we, gay men, who will not support one another in comedy or entertainment, uh, will watch her break. And then when they had the lip sync, I had a moment where I thought, I think Britta's definitely going home. And I was like, ooh, but maybe not. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Jan's on the verge of breaking. Even though Britta's doing this better than Heidi, Britta did worse in the challenge. And this will absolutely be the straw that breaks Britta's back. So there's no way I knew Britta was going to go home because they would finally get Jan to cry. And that is exactly what happened. Britta came in with a bang and out with a whimper. It was Jan crying, but nonetheless, it happened. Um, and I, I called it like two minutes in. And it was honestly hard to watch it and be like, boy, was I right about this the whole time. I'm going to gently push back against your theory, which generally is correct. Gay men would much rather watch a brittle middle-aged woman sing a song about her failing marriage than watch a story about actual queer people. Um, but... I think Gigi disproved, is at least a data point against your theory because Gigi more visibly on the show has been the I'm the queer kid who grew up without trauma. And people love Gigi. Jan has effusive and articulate optimism. Gigi's just putting her nose down and working and seems like she likes herself. Whereas Jan is effusively like excited to do well, which means we want to see a pie in her face. I think I think you can I mean I think you can just blame it purely on the quality of the performances like we were talking about it earlier like Gigi had it Jan did not they like, were yeah. both techni- they both technically executed it well but yeah I I would read it more as just she's so eager to do well that it pushes the connection away I, yeah like I get what you're saying and I generally agree with that assessment of the kinds of uh, culture queer people consume whether like whether it's made by or about or depicting other queer people but i think in this case it's just 
she's such an aggressive A student that it's that it's slightly off-putting. And that's that's what I read as her her real deficit. Are you, are you saying you think it's the same reason people find Anne Hathaway annoying? Not that gay men just don't like to see each other succeed. We're yeah, yeah, I would say succeed. it's the it's it's the it was Anne Hathaway. It'll be Jennifer Lawrence next. We just don't like to see people succeed and then can keep. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say it's more in the Anne Hathaway category. Okay. That's an excellent. At least from the edit, I was like, they're not just going to give gay men watching another gay man succeed. That's this is why gay stand-up comics like don't like to perform at gay bars because gay men are like. Look at her. She thinks she's funny. That's why we only ever see drag queens and go-go boys at gay bars. That was my read on it, and that was my read on the edit. I want to be wrong on this, but a lifetime of gay trauma has taught me I'm right about this. But I nonetheless think we are moving in the right direction, and my very dark read is something we don't have to keep in this episode of the podcast. All right, so uh, on to the, the, the lip sync itself was, like, Heidi did good. Uh, it wasn't like like it was cute. I thought bouncing the hair globe was funny, and she performed it well. It wasn't like one of my favorites, but it's, she certainly wasn't bad by any stretch. And Brit- Britta did. I think this was Brit- of the three. This was definitely Britta's best lip sync. But yeah, that and a buck fifty gets you a bus ride. So you know, she's kind of painted herself into a corner a little bit in terms of her lip syncs. Like, I mean, first of all, wearing a dress in every lip sync means that she can't really move. So all she does is sort of stand there and wiggle her jaw back and forth, which seen it. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I was I was underwhelmed. I thought Britta did a little better than Heidi, which surprised me. It felt like Heidi was holding back. I don't know. I also felt like going into this lip sync, Britta was gonna go home unless Heidi stood still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi- Heidi had to not accidentally set herself on fire and she was gonna stick around. Yes. Um, yes, I agree with that. So, Cora, do you have any other final notes on this episode? Hmm. I think we covered it pretty exhaustively. Um, I think that the field, (laughs) the field is definitely going to continue to winnow, obviously. I mean, that's the point of the show. But I think that the people who are, like, as much as I love Heidi, um, I don't think that she's long for this world. Um, and I think Crystal Method, I I know that she is on a little bit of an up bounce now, but traditionally that doesn't last very long so i think it likely that she's going to be one of the next few to fall out um with some combination of jada and the widow von du following okay. her okay we didn't t- we didn't talk about widow at all she was kind of just not worth yeah and not worth talking about this i, episode. I try her. to keep this show positive even when it is negative which my jan monologue clearly speaks to um but yeah Widow was, uh, Widow was definitely just bitter this episode. Definitely in her feelings. And it's really not a good look. Like, at the beginning, she, like, gets the part that she wants and then whines about it when last time she didn't get the part that she wants and also whined about it. Like, she's, she's not making herself likable and her whole, I'm not here to make friends and now I'm going to be bitter and say things I should keep to myself Honey, honey, this isn't like, you're not just competing for a check, you're competing for your career, and you are shooting yourself in the foot by saying those things in terms of possible checks in the future. You need to try to be likable on this, because the prize is a lot of what comes after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You also gotta, you gotta spend like a whole nother year with all these people on that tour. So, yeah. Like, she's playing this wrong, in a way that is comically like, 
ooh, I haven't seen this in about nine years. And it's interesting to see what feels like a reality television flashback on this show, but it's also like, I'd like to give you some advice last year. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Cora, who are your top three? Like, who do you think will be the top three? Gigi, Jan. I think that, I suspect that it was Sherry Pie. Yeah. And I think that probably Jada will be elevated in her absence. Interesting. Because uh, we were thinking... I think the consensus when we did it was, it was like, we assume Sherry's in there, we figure we, Gigi's gonna be in there, and then uh, we were kind of predicting, like, a fourth place slot for, like, either Crystal or Heidi, whoever can, like, because uh, Rue likes that kind of, like, an, an outside lane, so I think that would work. We, uh, Condi Nasty and I have, like, made it, like, like, we just have it written in stone that Jackie goes home in fifth place, like, Cracker and Katya before her and is, like, love. the... The, fun, the funny, yeah. likable queen who's never quite giving it quite enough that they like to send home fifth every time. I'm sure production has a label for that character in a story they <laughs> create because they do it every fucking season. I think Jan's going to flame out. I think Jan gets one or two more episodes to turn it around and do her big emotional reveal where you, like, the drag race gods want a sacrifice and that's for you to go to the altar and leave all of your worst life experiences exposed for the world to see and unless jan gives us that i think she's gonna go home see, in the next episode gay men need that too this is this is what i'm saying <laughs> i'm not here's the thing this edit i know exactly the dark place in the gay male conscious that this edit came from and i clocked it in under <laughs> a minute i'm just saying i'm not, i wish i was wrong but i know i'm right so yeah, I I just think Jan yeah, goes I think home. you're right too. Yeah, I think Jan goes home in an episode or two. Um, so I think they'll give her a win first, just because she's been so consistent. But I don't think that I think that it'll be like a win gone. Yeah. Um, my feeling at this point is that the top three. So we're Sherry. So I'm going to be honest. I do not like the top four. I think it made sense in season nine. I wish they would go back to a top three. I don't think they have. I'm glad the Sherry Pie of it all is making is going to probably make them have to do a top three again. So I think top four would have been Sherry Pie and then Gigi, Jada, because I think if, even if Jada fucks up, her runways are always like so pulled together in a way that Rue values more than the viewers do that Rue is not going to send her home. That like, I'm not sure we're going to feel like Jada didn't just like sneak on by safely to get to the end but i i have a feeling she's going to be top four and then to be perfectly frank i feel that this is such a powerhouse season of such talented queens and while they do have weak points etc i cannot call who else will be in that top four because i think that it's going to depend on the challenges and who they want to move forward um i do think that rupaul cannot be objective about crystal method which makes me feel like she has a good shot. <laughs> Heidi is charming as fuck, which makes me feel like she has a good shot. Um, Jackie is Jackie, but I feel like Jackie's not going to... Jackie's going to get real close to the end, but not make it. Like, Yeah. I think a real standout from this season, honestly, and this is a brave opinion, it was Vanjie. Why don't they give her her own television Truly. show already? She's just amazing. Like she... Have you seen her live? Have you seen her live? Oh my God. I have not. That bitch, when she is not nervous and is just, like, on the mic talking like a cartoon shark that looks, like, truly a lot more like Beyonce with whatever bronzer and wig choices she makes in person than you would guess she could. She is the funniest fucking drag queen host I've ever seen. I've seen her with straight people who do not know or like drag, and 
Like, they were not impressed with, like, every other drag queen. And then Vanjie went out there and they were dying laughing for, like, 20 fucking minutes. I know you don't go out to live shows a lot. If Vanjie's ever in town, she'll be down the street from you. Go. She's even funnier in person. It's worth lines of pushy twinks. <laughs> yeah, she was sensational. I mean, she was funnier than anyone in that episode. I agree. No, she's she's got it on a whole other level. Are, any other thoughts, Hersler? Do you want to outro yeah no i think i think it's time for my uh early mid-afternoon uh cocktail so uh it's time to wrap this i up. agree <laughs> all right um thank you again cora for being a guest it was so much fun to have you on thank you for having me this was a dream um, come true and thank you everyone for listening please rate review subscribe i've been conde nasty i'm Ursula the sea bitch bye bye